Well, can I just welcome you all to Stevenson High Kirk this morning as we worship together. And as we've already sung, as we are gathered, Jesus is here. And we believe that. And the Lord said, when two or more are gathered, there I'll be in your midst. And what a beautiful promise. And so this morning, whatever you're going through, I know we have folks who will be listening in online as well. And I just pray that whatever your circumstances, that you will know the intimacy and the closeness of Christ this morning as we gather. And so this morning we do worship our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Well, in Psalm 22, and at verse 23, we read, Praise him, all you that fear the Lord. Give honor to him, Jacob's race. All Israel's children worship him. Bow down with awe before his face. Well, let's worship the Lord together as we sing, Give thanks with a grateful heart. unite our hearts in prayer. Let's pray. Oh, our gracious and heavenly Father, we come this day to the place of prayer, and we come at your invitation and command, and so as we draw near to you, Lord, would you draw near unto us. Oh, may the heavenly fragrance of Christ sweeten our fellowship together. And Lord, as we worship in your presence, we wait upon you. Oh, may drops of mercy and forgiveness touch our lips as we thirst after you. Oh, Lord, may such a river of blessing restore 
our hearts, our lives, our joy. Oh, let the shower of blessing fall, bringing such refreshing and renewal. Lord, we can sing with the hymn writer, let it come, O Lord, we pray thee, let the shower of blessing fall. We are waiting, we are waiting, O revive the hearts of all. Lord, as we worship in the quietness of this place, and for those listening online, Lord, I just pray that your presence would be felt and known. Lord, fill every chamber of our nature, our thoughts, our will, our desires, our emotions. Lord, quicken us by the enabling power of your Holy Spirit. Oh, where we may be transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ our Saviour. And so, Lord Jesus, we honour you this morning. We love you. And we come desiring to honour our Heavenly Father. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come and have your way in our hearts and our homes. But Lord, especially in this time, oh, fill us. Fill us to overflow where our families, our communities, our streets, our towns, our cities, our nation, that they would get a taste of that overflow and that they would come to know that God is good and his mercy endures forever. And so, Lord, as we now bow our hearts in prayer, we lift our voices in praise unto the King Eternal, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as we give thanks, we now join our hearts in the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, praying together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we take our Bible reading from Peter's first letter. First Peter in chapter 2. And I'm just going to read the first two verses, and then verses 11 to 21. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority 
whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honour the emperor. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit? Sorry, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Amen. And may the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. Well, we're going to continue in our series this morning. We've been looking at the theme of what it is to grow in grace. What is it to grow as a Christian? Well, when we had our AGM um, a few months ago, I was sharing with you something I had read in the, in the Reedish Digest, or someone had commented on something that was in the Reedish Digest. It was three things that make a real happy life. If you want to be really happy, the Reedish Digest, had, uh, Digest suggested these three things. That to be really happy, you need something to believe. You need someone to love. And you need something to do. That's what the Reader's Digest suggested makes a real happy life. If you have something to believe, someone to love, and something to do, that should bring contentment. And you know, as I, as I had thought about these three marks of a happy life, it's remarkable that actually when we come now to Peter's letter here, Peter suggests a similar teaching. Peter writes to the church and he tells them, we have something to believe. We have something to believe in. Do you remember when Jesus said to Peter, Peter, who do some say that I am? And it was Peter. Oh, he had something to believe in. And he said, Jesus, thou art the Christ. You're the anointed one. You're the chosen one. You're the Messiah. You're the one who is to come. And so Peter, yes, he had something to believe and so as he writes to the church, he said, we've got something to hold on to, to believe with all our heart, to trust in. For Jesus is our chief 
cornerstone. He's the head and chief cornerstone. He is the rock of our salvation. He is the rock of ages. He's our foundation stone. If you want to be a real happy Christian, then you need something to believe. And Peter encourages us, oh, believe in Christ. Yes, he's the rock of stumbling. He's the rock that the builders reject. But oh, he is Christ, our rock, our sure foundation. If you want to be really blessed in the Christian life, oh, we must as a church, if, for a church to be happy, for a Christian to be happy, we must believe in Christ. It's foundational. This may sound like an old-fashioned gospel message, but I believe it with all my heart that to be truly happy, to know a blessed life, that, that blessed life comes in believing in Jesus only. To believe and to put our trust in Christ alone. And so Peter encourages the church. Oh, have something to believe in. Have a conviction. And Peter tells the church as well, for we have someone to love. Yes, we've got something to believe and we've got someone to love. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. I like that. Peter is writing to the church. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Christ. I've put my trust in him. And I've come to love him. Not just to believe, not just to give a head assent to doctrines of Christianity. I don't just believe in the doctrines and the ideology that's called Christianity. Peter said, I've come to love him. I have someone to love. For Jesus, that stone, that rock of ages, that rock of salvation, he is precious. He's precious to me. And he ought to be so precious to the church. And because Peter has someone to love, he therefore has something to do. After tasting that the Lord is good, Peter reminds us that therefore we ought to grow up. We ought to grow in our salvation. We ought to grow in holiness. We ought to grow in love. And as Peter goes on to say, and we ought to grow in grace. So we have something to do. We have something to believe. We have someone to love. And we have something to do. What do we have to do? We have to grow in grace. This is not just something that we choose if we fancy it. This is the belief, this is the Christian life, is to grow in grace. 
Peter goes on to say that we're to grow up into a spiritual house filled with the Spirit. We ought to be the temple of the Holy Spirit built up together, bound together, and Peter eventually says, and then we will be blessed together. Now the question comes again though. Peter, okay, we agree with you. That sounds great and it sounds, oh, that, that sounds a way to, to know a blessed life, the blessed Christian life. It doesn't mean that we're going to avoid storms and trials, not one bit. But Peter, can we ask the question again? Okay, you're asking us that we're to grow in grace. But how do we do it? How do we grow in grace? And so Peter now is going to highlight what he means by growing in grace. We've already shared aspects of what Peter shared and also the Apostle Paul last week we shared from what Paul suggested as what we do to grow in grace. But now Peter comes to us and he tells us to grow in grace, first of all, there are some things that we must forsake. There are things that we must forsake in order to grow in grace. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. And according to Paul, these childish things that he put away were envy, strife, divisions, gossiping. And here, Peter wants to agree with Paul. Peter tells us, forsake or put away all malice. Put away bitterness. Put away wrong feelings towards one another. And he goes on, and put away deceit and hypocrisy and envy, being tormented when you see other people doing well and you envy their lives and you look at others wishing that you could be better than them or you wish that they weren't as good as you. Peter tells us, put away, forsake, malice, bitterness, deceit, envy, grumblings, moanings, complaining, evil speaking, slandering, gossip. In order to grow in grace, Peter tells us we must forsake these things. We're not to entertain them. And I know it's hard because it's human nature, isn't it? Many of the things that Peter tells us to forsake, they're things that are almost, they're just natural to human nature. But when we have the Holy Spirit transforming us, oh, so Peter tells us, yes, we're to grow in grace. And to grow in grace means that there are some things you're going to have to forsake. Things that you're going to put away. Things that you're going to stop doing. In order to pursue after Christ. And then Peter goes on in verse 2. 
that there are some things also that we're to feed on. To grow in grace means that we have to feed, we have to eat, we have to drink. In order to grow, you have to have a healthy diet. You have to eat well, and that means for me, forsaking Tilly's tablet and liquorice all sorts and rhubarb crumbles and oh Lord. But to grow a healthy Christian life, we must eat and drink the right things. So can I ask the question, what are you feeding your mind on? What are you feeding your heart and soul? What do you feed on each day that gives you that energy to keep going? Peter goes on to say that what we feed on, what we watch, what we read, what we indulge our lives in, affect us. We can be affected by things we take in, profanity, coarse language, sexual immorality. And some, and many of these things can be so detrimental to our spiritual growth. What we read in books and magazines, what we watch on television, what we watch on our computer screens and our tablets can affect our spiritual growth. What we follow on social media. I like what, what the Apostle Paul said when he wrote to the church in, in Philippi. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Feed on these things. Indulge in these things. Things that are pure and true and honest and are of good report. And so Peter writes here, therefore, like newborn babies, we ought to crave pure spiritual milk. To grow in grace means that we have things that we must feed on. We're to feed on Christ. We're to feed on his loveliness, his beauty. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And as Peter encourages us, we're to feed on his word. We're to read, that's why we read our Bibles daily in order to grow. We desire, we, the word desire here is to have an eager longing like a hungry baby. Have you met a hungry baby? Oh, you can't put that baby down for a moment, screaming and crying until it gets that bottle or that milk. 
And Paul, Peter tells us here that we ought to have the same desire, longing for, for the Lord, for Jesus, and for his word. We ought to crave sp- pure spiritual milk. Where the Christian is dependent upon God's word. Where eventually we, we grow in grace where we're dependent on him. We want Jesus. We want to hear from him. We're to cultivate a hunger for the word of God, for our Bibles. Oh, to be hungry for the word of God. Oh, to have a desire each day to feed on the word of God. To Have you had that in a long time? Where you wake up in the morning so excited to read your Bible? <laughs> or is it, has it been, oh, I better read my Bible. Oh, I better pray. And you know, sometimes for many Christians, people can get stuck in a rut where it becomes just a, just par for the course. We clock in and clock out. And we lose the passion. We lose the desire, the craving. And Peter say, tells us here, in order to grow in grace, oh, we must have that craving We must have that longing, that hungering, and that thirsting after Christ. Remember, Jesus said that those who are thirsty, those who are hungry, he will fill them. If we have no hunger and no thirst, then we can't know what it is to be filled. Sometimes we can be filled with our own ideas, our own ways, our own thoughts, We can be filled with our own culture. Our own idea of what is right. And so Peter writes, Oh, crave the pure spiritual milk. Grow in grace. There are things, yes, we have to forsake. And there are things that we must feed on. But Peter finishes by teaching that there is also someone we must follow. To grow in grace means, yes, there are things we have to forsake. There are things that we have to feed on. But there is someone we must follow. I have decided To follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Notice in verse 21. To this you were called. Because Christ suffered for you. Leaving you an example. That you should follow in his steps. That you should follow after Christ. Paul when he wrote to the church in Philippi. He said that's all I want to know. Is to pursue Jesus, to win Christ, to go after him with all my heart. All I want to know is a growing relationship with Christ. I want to know him. I want to grow in that place of intimacy with the Lord. I don't want just to be a bystander. I don't want to be a spectator. I don't want to just know about Jesus. I don't want to just know about the Bible. I don't want to just know about God. I don't want to know just about Christianity. I don't want to know just about the faith. (laughs) 
For Paul, it was, I want to know him. I want to experience him in the depths of my soul. Everything else is just useless. Nothing compares to knowing Jesus. You remember the hymn? I think it was Graham Kendrick, All I Once Held Dear. And the chorus goes, Knowing you, Jesus. Knowing you. That's Paul. All I want is to know Christ and to know him and make him known. For Peter, oh, we're to follow in his footsteps. We're to go after him. We're to chase and hound him where we want to be with him. Do you remember the disciples when John the Baptist there at the river, he, he said, when Jesus came, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then the, John encouraged his disciples to go after him. And they did. These two disciples went chasing after Jesus. And as they walked with them, Jesus just turned around and asked them, what do you want? What do you want? And I love their response. We want to know where you stay. We want to know where you stay. And you know, I, I have a feeling that what they were really asking was, we want to be where you are. Wherever you stay, that's where we want to be. We want to be with you. We want to spend time with you. So where do you dwell? Where, where do you stay? Because we're following you. We're coming all the way to your home. And it's lovely how in Mark's gospel, when Jesus called his disciples, we're told that he called them to be with him. To be with him. Jesus, as he prays that wonderful high priestly prayer in John 17, he prays, oh, I wish that you would be where I am, that you would behold my glory his desire for the disciples, Jesus' heart for his disciples was that, oh, I can't wait until you're with me. I want you home with me. I want you to be with me so I can be with you. I want to make my dwelling with you. Is that not the book of Revelation? At the close of the book of Revelation, we're told that God wants to make his dwelling with us. He wants to be with us so that we can be with him. That's Peter. Oh, we have someone that we must follow. And to follow hard. We are a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. And I love how Peter says, for we belong to God. He is my beloved and I am his. Can you say that this morning? Can you say with a full heart, oh, he is mine and he is precious. He's precious to me. He's the treasure of my life and I am his. I belong to the Lord. Oh, we are a people who belong to God. For he has brought us out of darkness 
into his wonderful light. To grow. You know, we can, to, people feel that we can grow by following our cultures, the ways of the world. We can follow trends. But Peter wants to encourage each one of us this morning. Oh, if you want to grow in grace, then follow Christ. Look to Jesus. Have a heart that wants to follow him, that will chase after him, where you will then leave things. You will, there are things that you're going to forsake as you go after the Lord. There are some things that you are going to feed on. But oh, there's someone that you must follow. And so can I close by asking the question, are you growing in grace? This is our third sermon in the series, and maybe this is at a moment where we could maybe ask the question, am I growing in grace? Are there things in my life this morning that are hindering me growing? The Hebrew writer tells us that there are things that can entangle us, that can trip us up, that can hinder our race as we're, as we're running the race of faith. There are things that can weigh us down. And the Hebrew writer tells us to put off these things. Are we growing in grace? Are there th things that are hindering you? And dare I ask the question, will you forsake all this morning to follow Christ? Will you recommit your lives to the Lord afresh? As we bow in prayer and as we have a quiet time, will you come to the Lord and just tell him, Lord, I forsake all for you. Lord, I want to follow you with all my heart. I want a new beginning today. Lord, I feel that I've mucked up my Christian life. I feel that I've been tripping and I've stumbled and I've, oh, I've been blundering away and I don't feel that I'm where I used to be. I used to be so in love with Jesus. I used to, oh, my faith was so much stronger. I had a passion. I had a conviction. But now it's kind of, oh, I don't know. I seem to have lost something. Can I encourage you this morning? Oh, would you come and will you forsake all for Christ? Oh, that you would forsake all to follow Jesus. And as we forsake all, I believe we will come to see how precious Jesus really is. When he is the treasure of your life. When he is everything. Oh, he, he gets sweeter, doesn't he? And so can I encourage you this morning. Oh, let's go to prayer. And I want to just give you a moment, just have your own quiet time. And it may be that you're going to ask the Lord, Lord, I don't feel I've been growing in grace recently. Oh, will you pour in grace upon grace? Will you let your Holy Spirit fill me? I want to grow. And Lord, yes, I'm willing to forsake things. I'm willing to feed more on things that are good and true and pure. Lord, I want to crave on, your, on the spiritual milk of your word. Lord, give me 
renewed passion also to follow Jesus. Oh, I want to love him more. Is that your prayer? Well, let's pray. And then Helen's going to lead us in our intercessory prayers. But let's pray together. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come humbly to your throne of grace through our Lord Jesus, who loved us and gave himself to us. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy and your willingness to hear us as we pray. We ask that everything one here today will be aware of your presence with them, whatever their circumstances. We pray for those who are ill and those in hospital. May they experience your healing hand on them. We also remember people who are lonely or housebound and just need a friendly ear to listen to them. Help us to show your love and encouragement to each other. And Father, we hold before you the many who are now worried about being able to feed their families and who are dreading the next fuel bill. In these difficult days, do bless the crisis bag and food bank ministries and enable us to do all we can to help meet the need that exists in our community. Oh, Father, we see such darkness and violence on the streets of our towns and cities. And we bring to you the victims of stabbings and shootings. It is heartbreaking to hear of innocent children losing their lives through such violence. We were reminded this week that the war in Ukraine has now been going on for six months and many people are still suffering as a result. We pray for hearts to soften and wars to cease. We thank you for the links we have with the work of India Village Ministries and Rain Age in Kenya. Bless these ministries as they seek to feed hungry people and provide education for young people. We ask for your protection for our friends and their many helpers and do provide the resources they need. Nearer home we come to you, commit to you all the young people who are currently starting a new stage of life in further education or other ventures. Bless those who will be teaching or supervising them and grant them wisdom and understanding. We think of those who will be leaving home for the first time, and we ask that all involved will know your peace and your care. We do thank you for the word preached today. Help us to respond to your voice. And as we have heard, may we grow in grace and shine as lights in a dark world. Bless the tithes and offerings given today. May they be used in ways that will bring glory to your name. And Father, we pray for your church worldwide. Send a great awakening and let us see times of revival. Grant us boldness in our witness for you and cause us to rise up and have a positive impact on all around us. 
In your mercy, Lord, hear our prayers as we ask all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm going to let you keep your seats once again as we sing. This is a lovely hymn. What love could remember, no wrongs we have done. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship, comfort and power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. <coughs>